This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Featuring Pat and Stu this week, because Glenn's on vacation. Uh, we're going to tell you about this uh, trans situation in a skateboarding competition that just happened in New York. Uh, plus, there's also an interesting situation with Google and the ARs. Have you guys talked about this? Because I know Glenn's fascinated with AI. Uh, apparently, the Google engineer who's talking about this and c- kind of losing his job because of it, because he thinks it's sentient. Yeah. Uh, he says it, it could also escape and do bad things. Mm. The AI could escape and do bad things. Let's get to that as well. Coming up in about 60 seconds. So eventually we're going to be at a time where the Google AI escapes and hacks your identity. That's coming any, yes. any day now. Yes. <laughs> but we've already had over 400 data breaches in a major way already this year, which is incredible. Data compromises up 14% from last year, impacting more than 20 million Americans. Some of the most lucrative pieces of data that cyber thieves want to steal are, you know, your social security number, your Gmail login and password. A big part of that is because they can get access to your Gmail. It's not just reading your incredible emails back and forth with your mom, but it's also... Uh, they get they can get access to your passwords to all the other sites because usually your password reset goes there. This is what they're going after. They can't uh, they they can't hopefully uh, get access to all that stuff because if they do, they can really upend your life. Uh, LifeLock can protect you here. They can't catch everything. No one can, but they can monitor things better than you can do on your own. And if you do become a victim, their restoration specialists can work with you to help you fix the problem quickly. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can help protect what is yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save 25% off the first year with the promo code BECK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to LifeLock.com. The promo code is BECK for 25% off at LifeLock.com. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. All right. Uh, The trans person the trans people uh, <laughs> there has to be I think there needs to be a separate competition set up for the trans people. So you'd have a male competition, female, female competition and a trans, and trans competition. Yes. Wow. Especially now since it's about 
I don't know, 83% of our population, it seems. Most people are trans. Yeah. You Almost know. everybody's trans now. So, uh, it's, and, no. and virtually everyone fits into the LGBTQQIA2 plus category. As so, long as you include the plus, everyone does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true, isn't yeah, it? Because that's, that's everybody else. true. And it is interesting. I, I want to make sure we're very clear here. There is absolutely no social contagion involved here. It is not Thank a situation you. Thank you. where just all of a sudden it's become trendy to be trans. No, because it no, naturally no. happens where you go from 0.7% of the population to 20% of the population. Ever, I That's just a time. natural just occurrence. Just a natural occurrence. Yeah. Like there was a, um, a teacher who was talking about their students and they said, <laughs> oddly, uh, a bunch of sixth graders decided they were going to be they well, they realized that Real, they, thank the you. entire time, thank they, you. the entire time from birth, they had been gay all yeah. at the same time. And wasn't that 80% of the class? I it think? was a huge portion of the class. I don't yeah. know if it was quite 80%. It was 80 it was Maybe it was 90. It might have been 90%. Yeah. And then also at the same time, they all realized they were trans. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, wow. A little bit later. So, so does so, that change their sexual, sexual proclivity then? Because if you... We're a boy who likes boys, mm-hmm. but now you're transitioned into a female mm-hmm. and you like boys. Uh, well, then are you gay or not? Or mm. are you straight now? These are deep questions. Right. It's you know? deep. All and I, I know can't is figure that, it out. that none of it changed. Oh, there, okay. When we say trans, it indicates transitioning, mm-hmm. which indicates change, but that's not change. It's just oh. how you were actually born. You were born that way, except for the part, the part of the, the, you know, the surgeries and such yeah. to correct the mistake that was made upon your birth. But beyond that, huh. I did. I left out the last part of that story, which is all of the sixth graders, and they were girls, by the way, uh, born as girls. Okay. Not actually girls, because they turned to trans, so they were actually boys, but they were actually girls when they were born. And so they were born as girls, then they all turned gay at the all same time. All of them were gay? It, it was, they all turned gay at the okay. same time. Yeah. And they were all friends, by the way. I, I, did I leave this uh-huh. out? They were all friends. Yeah. And they got to sixth grade. They all turned gay at the same time. Then a few months later, they all turned trans at the same time. And a few months after that, they all turned uh, non-binary at the same time. Oh, that's interesting. Which is just a total, total coincidence. Just it's, natural it, it was, occurrence. They, now, we know from the beginning, Evolution. they uh-huh. were just non-binary. Apparently, they weren't gay hmm. because they transitioned to trans and then they transitioned to non-binary. But whatever they were... Whatever they are saying they are right now is what they were at birth. That we know. Yes. It was just... Like, that can't be debated or you're a bigot. Or you're a bigot. Thank Try you. Try to debate that. Bigot. Bigot. Thank you. Thank you, Pat, for, for outlining that. You're welcome. This is an interesting thing because we were told mm-hmm. by well-known <laughs> philosopher Lady Gaga that mm-hmm. people were born this way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're gay... You were born gay. You've always been gay, despite the fact that you may have had a relationship with someone of the opposite sex. You, that you were matter. born gay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we all said, oh, okay, I was born gay. I mean, I didn't believe it until uh-huh. Lady Gaga came to the table and laid it out for us in that way. Mm-hmm. And so now we know you're born that way, except now you're not born that way because. Well, if you have to transition, that implies that you've. You're changing you something. Right. You like if you have to have surgery way. and change your parts around, you guess yeah. you weren't really born that way now. Right. So now we have to realize that you were born that way unless you were not born that way. <laughs> That's all you have That's to understand. That's exactly where we are. It's incredible. It's incredible. And somebody who was not born that way, but became that way through a natural process. 
um, a 29-year-old uh, named Richie Trays, mm. also known as Richie and Trays, <laughs> just... Wait, so maybe a, the middle name is just Andy. Uh, yes, I love what it. If they're like, what's the middle name? Uh, well, it's and. got Richie and... Uh, they're thinking, <laughs> and then the hospital's like, oh, I guess the middle name is and. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, 29-year-old Richie, who is a biological man, uh, just won the women's division of the skateboard open the other day in New York City, taking home the $500 prize for a first for the first place win. Congratulations. And bravely, courageously, he beat out a 13-year-old girl to do it. <laughs> I think that is, when you talk about the courage and the uh, wherewithal to do what he did, or I mean she did, they did. Thank you. Do what they did. Uh, you can't Thank, help but be just careful. Applaud. Be careful, Pat. I'll clap with right. you this time, but I'm a little nervous about it. <laughs> okay, I'm a little nervous about for it. Giving me some leeway there. So, because <clears throat> uh, this really used to be the plot of '80s comedies, right? Yes. <laughs> Where the guy would become yes. a girl. Like there was that big thing. Um, there oh. was some with the, the oh, woman. The, the, the Tom Hanks thing. Uh, bosom was, buddies. Yeah, bosom buzzy, buddies. Buddies. Yeah. That was, they yeah, wanted to get, they wanted to live in a apartment building that was women only. So they dressed up as women. Because they were attracted to the hot women in the building. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Which is a fascinating, I don't know how that would that's work out. It just so seems like a bad and wrong yeah. now. Yeah. Then there was a movie, um, Just One of the Guys. Anyone remember that? Where it was a woman. <laughs> and remember, mm-hmm. back in the day, this is something that's going to be difficult to explain to the audience, but let me attempt it here, Pat. Okay. Uh, there were these things called women. Oh, how and, did you know, though, that, that uh, well, they we were, didn't in know. fact? We oh. now know that we right. didn't know. Okay. But there used to be a time where the pitch from Hollywood was, we're treating women really badly. It's unfair to women. It was called feminism. Mm. And it was at this point mm-hmm. where something called women existed. Okay. Okay. Now we know that's not even a thing. But back in that time, we believed women were a thing. And so the plot of this movie was... This this woman, this teenage girl, was upset because she didn't get the fair treatment that guys got. She would always be treated as a mm. woman and dismissed, so she decided, what if I cut my hair short? Now, well, then no one will know. Then no one will know, right? Yeah. So, it's, like, it's like when Clark Kent puts the glasses, glasses on. on. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody knows. Know. You can't recognize Who him is as that Superman. Uh, it's not Superman. Superman has a cape <laughs> and, and no, glasses. no glasses. Right. So that's what she did. She went to a, another school and put on sort of boy clothing, cut mm-hmm. her hair short, and then went over to achieve all the things that the hateful patriarchal uh, society would not allow her to do as a woman. Okay. Uh, then there was, as I mentioned, the Johnny Knoxville movie, mm-hmm. which somehow was made. <laughs> it's hard to believe it now. It's hard to believe it was made. Wow. Uh, where uh, he decided to present himself as someone with mental uh, issues, disabilities of some sort, and or physical disabilities. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was mental disabilities. And I don't know that I actually saw the movie, but I believe the plot was he I did not, went but... in to win the Special Olympics. Like, pl- yes. posed as a uh, mentally challenged person to win the Special Olympics. There was also White Chicks, a movie in which... It's called The Ringer. The Ringer. That was the, the Johnny Knoxville movie? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And it was 
2005. So we're only recent. talking. Yeah, that one's pretty recent. 17 years ago. Now, Johnny Knoxville is a guy who push, pushes the envelope. So even at that time, I remember thinking, this is, wow, I'm surprised. I'm surprised mm-hmm. this one's clear. That was a but time, now you'd be put in prison. You'd be put in you, prison. You don't even get a trial. North you go Korean death camp. Prison. Yes, you go right to yes. the North Korean death camp. Uh, there was also white chicks where black people posed as white people. Oh, boy. Uh, white women. They're in white face? White face. Yeah. Oh. And there was but also. But that's okay because it's against whitey. That, yeah. That, if you, uh, sure. Yeah. If you steal Casper's culture, that's not a problem. Right. You just can't appropriate anybody else's. However, there was the reverse of that movie also made uh, in the 80s where a white guy put on blackface and was put in. Now, look. Unreal. That doesn't mean that every cultural thing we had from the past is a good idea, to be clear. No. But but. it is interesting how it was so obvious to everyone that you could not just turn with a snap of your fingers from a guy to a girl that it was like something everybody laughed about. It was on Saturday Night Live. There were all sorts of sketches about it. It was Everyone understood that that was not possible. Mm -hmm. And now we're at the position where the thing you can't see in a person, their sexual preference or now called orientation how dare you call it preference i didn't i just said that's what it used to be called okay okay people used to refer to it as sexual preference which now is hate speech by the way absolutely um that thing that you can't see obviously you see a a baby you look at them you can't tell if what their sexual preference is they have none they have no sexual preference when they're born Uh right and there's no But the idea that that's that you're born that way, in other words, you grow up and you are gay, that's the way you were born. Mm-hmm. And we can tell that we know that it's wrong to say the opposite, right? On the other hand, the thing that you can see, right? You can see that they're a boy or a girl very clearly when 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 they are born. Mm-hmm. And that we're supposed to say the actual thing is the opposite of the way you were born. So... Okay. When you can right. see it's all making evidence, sense, mm-hmm. you absolutely were not born that way. You were all born right. a different way. Yes. When you can't see evidence, you were born that way. None of this makes sense, Pat. It's, it's as if mm-hmm. this entire movement is specifically designed to upend every foundation of our society. And by the way, it is. By the way, it is. You know, I, mm-hmm. it just... We mm-hmm. can sit here and talk about this story that you're mentioning here with the skateboarder. And like, I think the, the sports tie to this is interesting because it hits people in the face so obviously, right? The problem with the yeah. sports thing is like, you're taking a, an adult man and having him beat up on a, a girl, a tiny 13 year old girl skateboarder uh, and mm-hmm. everyone's acting like it's fair and reasonable. And we all know it's not. And it's so not. And it's so obvious. And we feel for a little 13-year-old girl who's doing everything she can to try to win and is beaten uh-huh. by an adult man. Uh-huh. I mean, it's so freaking ridiculous that it hits everybody in the face. But the sports outcomes are not the most important part of the story. The fact that she lost her trophy and lost $250 and prize in prize money mm-hmm. is really tragic, but not the real story. The real story is we've lost connection to reality. Mm. We have lost connection to reality in the United States of America <laughs> and around the world. And not only that, but then we have to ignore the fact or uh, sweep under the rug the fact that we have lost all connection to reality. We can't even talk about the connection to reality. Yeah. Or you're a hater and a bigot. Well, I'm sorry. A 29-year-old biological man shouldn't be competing against 13-year-old girls. Come on. 
and and you can, and if you say that again, you're 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 torn apart for it. If you went on Twitter right now and tweeted about this, uh, you'd have the Twitter mob all over you, you for would. the rest of all time. Now you have solved this problem in an incredible way which by is ignoring Twitter, ignoring completely. Twitter. And yes. by the way, we yes. should all learn from Pat Gray. Mm-hmm. We should all learn from Pat Gray. There, there's a lot of people out there going, "Yeah, I, I do that all the time," and that's the smart thing to do, right? Like, yeah. you know, only about twenty percent of people are even on Twitter, and a, a very small percentage of those people actually tweet about this stuff. Right. Like it's just not it yeah. is totally blown out of proportion. The effect that these social media companies have on our discourse in this country. Totally blown. Out of really, honestly, the best safest mm. thing to do is completely ignore it. But it is a real it's a real thing It's because it's not just Twitter and getting the Twitter mob after you. It's losing your, you know, real job. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. losing your real friends in many cases. It is long-term consequences for telling the truth. That is not a healthy thing for a civilization. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. More in 60 seconds. Uh, what, a, what a life we are living right now. <laughs> what a world we're involved in. It is fascinating. That's all, crazy. All companies pay for your tra- your abortion vacation. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're not allowed to say when boys are boys and girls are girls. <laughs> right. You're not even allowed to know what a woman is. No. Unless, I guess, you're a, uh, you're a biologist. I think biologists can safely describe a woman. Uh, no, they can't. I mean, that was that was funny with in the Katanji Brown Jackson hearings where they said, "Hey, can you describe what a woman was?" And she said, "No, I'm not a biologist." Yeah, and that was the only problem. We had the problem of like, "What do you mean you can't tell us what a woman is? What are you nuts?" And the problem the left had with her was saying that a biologist could tell. <laughs> that was really their problem with it. That was the only criticism she got oh, from the media. Oh my gosh! Wait a minute. What do you mean a biologist can tell? How dare you? They were upset <laughs> that she suggested a biologist could tell what a woman was. The only way you can tell is if somebody tells you what gender they are, right? I mean, you can't assume anything. And you can't, you have no opinion on it, apparently. Like, you can't tell, you can't identify mm-hmm. this person in any way. It's only whatever they say they are, which is weird. Like, what if we did that with names? You know what I mean? Like, I'm Bill, I'm Fred, I'm Sally, I'm Tom. Like, no, you're. I need to know you're Pat, or mm-hmm. I can't address you. Yes. I need to know if you're a boy or a girl, or I can't give you medical treatment, right? These are right. really important things, and you need to have some concrete truth on this stuff. It really is Instead, weird. we just pretend that anybody can get pregnant, anybody can have a period, anybody can have a uterus, all of those kinds of weird things that just are, you know, scientifically false just reality based falsehoods until the roe versus wade thing comes on then we all then care about women's know, rights yeah and we're back to women being women again yeah. mm-hmm. huh it's really? so it's so weird it's <laughs> almost as if none of this is true it's almost as if all of this bad, is a political it is almost like that it's almost you know weird. exactly like they're just manipulating <laughs> all of these people for their own political gain it's almost that way and into this world comes this Google engineer who's say, saying that Google has created a sentient AI child and is now claiming that AI child could escape and do bad things. Mm. Uh, I don't fully understand that concept. So, it's just in the computer, right? 
I know. So are you saying it could escape to the internet and go everywhere it wants to go and do weird, create nuclear war or something? I'll say this. I listened to the story and we've talked about it before. Later on, I listened to a a podcast. I think it was the Wall Street Journal who who actually interviewed this guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple of observations about this. First of all, it did not seem sentient to me when they were talking to it because they the woman went over and interviewed. Oh, they did the, interview the, the thing, the machine. Yeah. yeah, and it just sounded like it was a pretty good bot that you'd be like that you'd go on a credit card site and it would respond to you. Like it was accepting kind of your reality huh. and sort of repeating it back to you. Like that's what it seemed like to me. It didn't. I was not. I did not come out with the impression that it was sentient. Okay. But the other thing about it is, it seemed like. The guy just wanted to hit on this reporter. That's what that I know. This is really this is not part of the story. But just listening to them talk, he invited her over to his apartment, and she was like giggling the entire time. And it sounded like they were about to just like go to a bar. I I don't. I have no idea if that's accurate. But man, just knowing human interactions, yeah, it just seemed like this guy was like. You should come over. We'll talk to this computer. It'll be great. And then, like, I don't know. Maybe we'll watch Netflix. You know, I, I don't know what it is about it. Over maybe a glass of wine? Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, we'll chill afterward. Glenn Beck Program. It's Pat and Stu on the Glenn Beck Program. We were talking about this AI that is supposedly sentient. The Google engineer who was involved heavily in this project. Uh, started talking about, hey, this, I, I think we've invented life here in this AI unit. And Google put him on paid leave or unpaid leave or something for a while because mm-hmm. they were pissed that he he started speaking about this. I guess it was supposed to be somewhat secretive. And they said, no, he's it's not sentient. And so he has been making the rounds and he, he pushed it a little bit further by saying not only is this thing like a 7 or 8 year old kid but it's a 7 year old 7 or 8 year old kid who could escape from where he is now and then start doing bad things mm. uh, okay now you saw an interview right with this google engineer and and did they they actually ask questions of the of the unit in question yeah so so i should i to uh correct myself from earlier it was what the washington post that actually did this not wall street journal but it was washington post reporter who went to this guy's apartment and he had access to it i guess this is before he was suspended uh, hmm. and they decided to talk to this thing and you think okay well they're gonna talk to it and then you hear this computerized voice come on and then the the podcast is like we recreated the voice the things that they typed so you'd understand what they were so, so it only just types typing. it doesn't yeah. speak it's a uh. chat bot like on on your computer like come you, on right secondarily <laughs> it just seems to oh, repeat man. the things that you tell it like in a in a in a modified way like if you say uh hey, hey do you feel pain of course i feel pain i feel pain and sorrow and it's like okay well th- that might be something that anybody would like it seems mm-hmm. like they scour the internet for the normal responses to these things and ch- t- turn it in and if you don't lead it down the right path if you don't ask it the question in the right way it comes off as completely dumb and just repeats like, I am an automated chatbot. You know, it's like, okay, the sentient being is telling us it's an automated chatbot. And right. it just doesn't. I will yeah. say, after listening to this interview, number one, I was relatively convinced that the engineer was hitting on the reporter. And number two, <laughs> more importantly, perhaps, I was convinced actually Google was telling the truth on this. Like, I actually thought that 
this is not, <laughs> not a sentient being. Which, when it, you read the articles, it's like, okay, Google's trying to, uh, they're trying to cover this up. Yeah. They've created something here that's getting out of hand and they don't know how to deal with it. So they're just denying. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Now, I have a, I come from a skeptical position on a lot of things like this. Like, yeah, I kind of do. I do think that, like, there's a real risk. Elon Musk has talked about it, about AI out of control and, and in the wrong hands. And all those things, I think, are real eventually. I don't think we're there Maybe. right now. And yeah, it I may don't. not even be real eventually. We I hear know. that all the time. The big scare tactic. Oh, this thing's getting out of hand. The super AI yeah. is happening. And then you see it and it's like, oh, okay, that's not scary at it all. It makes sense that eventually it could happen. Like the fear, yeah. It, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things that I don't know that it's a high percentage chance, but it's a real negative impact if it does happen. So I can understand being worried about it and having ethicists think about it. And well, we Glenn's should, definitely worried about Glenn's it. Glenn's super worried about it. Super worried about it. And I am... I'm worried about it. I don't know that it's necessarily coming tomorrow, and I don't think he he necessarily believes that either. But I would encourage you that it's, it's a it's a podcast called Post Reports, which they do you know like 15, 20 minute podcasts every day. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're interesting. You know, usually yes, it's the Washington Post, so you get a lot of left wing stuff in there. But this one particular episode, if you're incre- interested in this, listen to this and tell me number one, do you think this is really a sentient being? Because I got the I did not get the sense it was at all and number two is this guy trying to hook up with this reporter because i think he is <laughs> i i hey yeah, come over to my apartment to see this supercomputer and maybe we can have uh you know some more derves yeah uh, a glass like, of wine let's talk about this maybe let's let's have like, some coffee you know <laughs> you need it you're thirsty you need a drink i've got some wine i mean no it's i'm just for the environment that's why i'm burning these candles it's just it's just a no i don't know it, it did set you got the sense that like he was like trying to impress this reporter <laughs> that's the sense i got did she it. sound impressed she did sound impressed she sounded mm. giddy and okay. silly and it sounded like they were on a date Okay. Is what it sounded like. Now, there is a strategy behind this with some reporters, right? When you have someone you're trying to get information out of, you might act that way a little bit to see yeah. how far you can go down loosen that road. Loosen them up a little bit. Yeah, loosen some up a little bit. Yeah. I think that's very, very common. You compliment the person. You mm-hmm. uh, you act incredibly engaged to try to get to the answers you want. It might have just been that. It also just made me that I'm making it up in my brain, but that is what I heard. That is, <laughs> I think there, I would not be surprised if tomorrow I got an invite to their marriage. I think that this is going to be a nice relationship and it's going to work out well. Well, let me share this interview uh, with someone who's not sentient. Uh, Dana Bash <laughs> interviewing Kamala Harris, who is not, oh, not a sentient no. being at all. No. Um, but they're talking about the justices, uh, who misled the public. You were a senator when Mm -hmm. justices, now justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh testified about many issues, including obviously Roe and their confirmation hearings. Now Justice Gorsuch said it had been reaffirmed many times. Kavanaugh called it precedent on precedent. At that particular hearing, you were there. Mm. Some senators say that they intentionally misled the public and the Congress. What do you think? What do you think? I never believed them. Yeah. But I you're never not, believe them. You're not sentient, so. <laughs> that's why I voted against them. That's why. That's why. Okay. Do you think that there's anything to be done now? I mean, there's no. What are you going to do? What, no. are you, what are you pushing her to say here? What should they be? Well, the, the pitch is from the AOC's making it explicitly. She's saying they should be impeached. 
They lied in their hearings. Unreal. They should be impeached. Now, they didn't lie they didn't, in their they hearings. They did not lie. It is absolutely ridiculous that no point do they say anything inconsistent to what they did. Precedent on top of precedent is something you talk about for lower courts. Yeah. Right? It's not yeah. if you have a different role as a Supreme Court justice. Your opportunity mm-hmm. to turn over something that was egregiously wrong from the start is absolutely there. And I believe could be Kavanaugh, I think, actually said those words. You know, we, we of course, do have the opportunity to turn over, overturn something that is egregiously wrong. Yeah. Um, you and know, that's the what Dred they, Scott. How about that? Yeah. Uh, they did. They've done it many, many times. Let me give you something else. Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade overturned 150 years of precedent. Right. That's right. And Casey <laughs> overturned Roe versus Wade. Jeez. And then they overturned those two. Uh, it, it doesn't happen often. The point is you, generally speaking, cede mm-hmm. to previous decisions if it's a close call. The, the idea is not to shake up society every two days or every time you get a new justice in there. Right. If it's a close call, they kind of just like, well, all right, well, we're going to stick with that reasoning for now. And not I when it's egregiously wrong from the start. They're acknowledging that exists, and it is a thing, and other courts have upheld precedent, but that's not what they're bound to. They're bound to the United States Constitution, mm-hmm. not to precedent, not to stare decisis. You're supposed to rule on whether something is constitutional or not. Yep. That's their job. And and Clarence Thomas is the one with the most pure version of that, in which he says, basically, you do it because it's right. Everybody else on the court is mm-hmm. like, well, you know, we got to need to consider X, Y, and Z. Thomas is like, whatever is right, we should do. Which is why, of course, I and like to, him so yeah, much. It's, right. it's why the conservatives yes. love the guy, because that's he does he has... No hesitation in that, and he's the only he's one who's like that. been consistent in mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, he might, you might disagree with him on some decisions, but he's always just doing what he's right. Yeah. What, what is right? That's all. That's all he's doing. He has no no compunction to do anything else. He doesn't need to. He just goes for it. Uh, but you know that is a different thing than we're talking about here. And and look, ever since Bork, because of what the left did to Bork, mm-hmm. everybody in those in those. Uh, hearings is at some level misleading like you not misleading trying to tell you the wrong thing but just not telling you the full truth yeah you know well katanji brown jackson who's just avoiding a question by saying i don't know what a woman is i'm not a biologist well that's bs BS. you just said that under oath really yeah what should be done about that how many times did katanji brown jackson say the word originalism does anybody believe she's gonna be an originalist in the court of course not she never would have been named you have a President of the United States, Donald Trump, who is elected primarily because he said he was going to pick off a list of judges that came from the Federalist Society. (laughs) And then Donald Trump explicitly said he went beyond previous presidents and explicitly said he would only name pro-life judges. He he basically said, yes, I have a litmus test. Yes, he actually came out and said it. And then we're supposed to believe that Joe Manchin and Susan Collins actually thought they might vote the other way on this. Come no. on. They're just trying to avoid the fallout. That's it. Yeah. They're trying to say Asinine. they're trying to pass it off to Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and Amy Coney Barrett so that they don't get the heat from the left or from the moderates in Collins's case. And yet, as we mentioned yesterday, it is Clarence Thomas who's receiving the brunt of all the criticism. Mm, weird. I wonder why that is. Huh. Uh cuz I- Sam Alito wrote the opinion uh and the rest of the justices were you know the conservative 
leaning justices were on board with it. Why is everybody singling out Clarence Thomas? Huh. And Hillary Clinton had this to say about Clarence Thomas. Uh, this is amazing. I went to law school with him. Mm-hmm. He's been. Pause it for just a, a second. A pers- did you? Did you? Did you and Clarence Thomas hang out? No. Did you really sit down with him and have dinner and and go to movies with him and hang out and discuss life with him? There, You know she doesn't know Clarence, Clarence Thomas. And there's been several reports now from people who were there at the time and said they didn't know each other. They, they, they <laughs> didn't have interactions. They were not buddies. She graduated in 73. He graduated in 74. They weren't even in the same year together. Yeah. Now, they may, had they ever Might seen have each other on campus? Or, yeah, maybe. 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 It also shows, you know, what, a, what an amazing country this is and that, you know, you can have the divergence of two people who went to the same school relatively speaking at the same time mm-hmm. and one could turn out to be as amazing as clarence thomas and one could yeah. be hillary clinton yeah like, one could uh, be evil incarnate right and the other, the other one is fantastic it's so incredible yeah, it's amazing uh but you know they that's already i think been disproven by a bunch of people but even if it were true at that time clarence thomas wasn't even really a conservative yet right i mean he, yeah, right. he had a very different path he did not he was not it's a conservative from birth yeah. Um, he, at one point, people referred to him as the black nationalist. Jeez. I mean, you know, he was a totally different guy at the period she's talking about, but she just wants to be able to be involved in everything. Right. Please leave us alone, Hillary. Please. But she went on. For as long as I've known him, resentment, grievance, anger. Really? And he has signaled uh, in the past to lower courts, to state legislatures, find cases, pass laws, get them up. I may not win the first, the second, or the third time, but we're going to keep at it. Okay. Uh, all right, that's good. I. She sounds like she's describing herself there. Yeah. Resentment, grievance, anger. That perfectly describes her. And even Sonia Sotomayor, who is one of the big liberals on the bench, she... It essentially disputed this a couple of months ago when she talked about Clarence Thomas and what a great yeah. guy he is. Yeah, that's true. I that he's give her credit warm on that. and personable and that he's the one who goes like to the janitor who's mopping up and asks about his son and he cares about people and talks to them. So seems to completely be the opposite of what Hillary had to say about him. And as far as someone who's always seeming to have grievance... We know Hillary Clinton is that person, right? Like, Absolutely. she's still saying the 2016 election was stolen. It was illegitimate. And blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah blah. But Clarence Thomas, here's a guy who has a real reason, who could actually say grievance. He could be he could be filled with grievance and hatred for this country. A guy yeah. who grew up in the segregated yeah. South. Mm-hmm. A guy who really lived that life. Right. Who who constantly still called the N word yeah. uh, by the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is still bashed all the time in social media. Yeah. Uh, they demonize him continually. Yep. And so he grew up, he wound up loving this country, even though he grew up in a country that was much, much more uh, awful to African-Americans than the one is today. Mm-hmm. He went past that. He does, And he is, you know, this is the type of thing that gives you a backbone. And he sits there and he says, you know what? The truth, period. The truth, period. Period. Not John Roberts. Not, mm. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't, I'm worried about our reputation. Oh, no. Not <laughs> that. The truth. Yeah. Period. As he sees it. Doesn't mean he's right on everything. I think he's right on most things, but he's not right maybe on everything. But he says what he feels every time. 
That's the entire job of the Supreme Court. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. 888-727-BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Pat and Stu for Glenn, uh, and joined by Jeff Fisher for some reason. Jeff, I stopped in. I want to do the show with you. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought I'd stick around for the whole show. Ah, oh, man, uh, I wish we had more time. Yeah, really. You know, it's too bad you waited until now, but... Uh, oh. Well, so let's, let's do what Glenn does with Bill O'Reilly. What's the most important story of the week? The most important story of the week is that this is the America I want to live in now. Stores apparently have a glutton of goods. Mm -hmm. And so if you purchase a product and don't want it, they're Mm -hmm. going to give you a refund, but let you keep the product. This is the America I want to live in. Okay. Nobody would take advantage of that. Right? (laughs) I am a fan of this America. Yep. Don't want it. Give me my money back. Oh, I have to keep the product? Oh, darn. Okay. (laughs) This is different than your normal process of just taking the stuff off the shelf and walking out of the store. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how many times I can get a new TV out of the deal, but I'm going to give it a shot. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it goes probably step by step on your podcast on this. Is that correct? (laughs) That's correct. Absolutely. (laughs) Chewing the fat. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Very good. There's lots of podcasts to listen to. There's that. There's uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. Mm -hmm. You want to check out and Stu does America. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you can, by the way, remember, instead of January 6th, you remember 62422. Get the t-shirt. It's available now at stewdoesmerch.com. And, you know, I guess probably wow. check out whatever Jeffy's show is. It's called Tune the Fab. What are you talking about? This is the Glenn Beck Program.